0: So for everybody listening out there, welcome to Big Productions on Air. This is the official first episode. Uh, This is really just two film students talking about everything they love with the world of film, movie news, television, streaming, all that good stuff. Uh, I am joined by my co-host, Paul Stewart.
1: Nope. What's it do? What would it do?
0: Play Visions himself. So with this podcast, uh, for everybody listening out there, we're not going to do this as some big stuffy thing. It's just going to really be two guys just doing water cooler, talking, shooting shit, you know, just talking about the things that they like to do. So we finna just kind of start this off with a Black Widow review, since that is fresh on everybody's mind with the lawsuit. We're going to get into that in just a second here. So, Stu, you said you watched it today, right?
1: Yeah, like last night type shit.
0: What'd you think of Black Widow?
1: Bro... I already wasn't uh, too keen on Black Widow because I really didn't grow up reading like her or like her comic books or nothing. So I really wasn't too happy about that she was getting her own feature release. And like I was kind of like not bothered by it, but I was still just like, like, what's the purpose that she has in the MCU, um, and why like we're singling her out to give her her own feature film? You feel what I'm saying? um i'm i'm happy that you know she lived in ohio and all that good stuff but but at the end of the day i just didn't see a reason for her to have her own film and maybe you can like explain that to me and like tell me why that's like such a big thing but yeah other than my common knowledge of black widow i did not see her having her own feature film
0: i mean now you do make a valid point because a lot of people said after, you know, the Avengers film where she hinted at the, you know, the Budapest stuff and Loki was talking about that stuff that happened. Everybody was like, oh, we got to see it, right? That's where the whole like Budapest thing came from. But the further Marvel went in time from 2012, the more people were saying, just let us see Budapest. That was the only, that was like, to my knowledge anyway, of the general like people that are Marvel fans, even just the ones that aren't like as hardcore as, say, I might be with it all they wanted to see was like oh what's that budapest thing she's talking about right I like, we, right. we know something went down like let us see that right but right. of course kevin feige had a plan so again the further he went in time the more they weren't too concerned with doing a black widow movie now how they spun it up i'll never know right i feel like it was literally out of loyalty to Scarlett. And she probably felt some type of way when they did a Captain Marvel movie before a Black Widow film. Now, that being said, the story that they gave us happens after Civil War. So it makes no sense to drop that now, continuity-wise, but also in the generalized sense, this does nothing to elevate her story. You, You feel what I'm saying? Like there's nothing in this film where we're like, if anything, it's just, oh, this was her sister. These right. were her parents. Oh, by the way, did y'all know she grew up in Ohio? Oh, hey, mm-hmm. she was in the red room, but we kind of already knew that. Now I'll give them props for that little montage thing with that cover that mm-hmm. they did with the uh the whole thing with the them training them from like children to be assassins. That right. was good. Right. That's the tone. So I was like, Oh, okay, we really finna get into some good stuff. But even I while- thought
1: I thought we had seen that. Didn't we see that in WandaVision though? Like that. Same type of training, or was that uh,
0: a brief glimpse of it in Age of Ultron
1: mm-hmm.
0: when uh Scarlet Witch was making her see the visions, mm-hmm. saw her like walk into the red room and uh she was saying something about like they're not ready, and the guy was like, Neither were you, or something like that. And then they did mm-hmm. a like two-cut, three-cut montage, and then she's done. And then <laughs> like they pulled her out of it. And even from that, people are like, Oh, they're hinting more at it. But of course, the further you the more you keep saying, Oh. Black Widow's past and all this stuff, like we want to see her past, not her like current day or her future. So for us to like, oh, this is where she grew up. And then now we're in present day after civil war and she's on the run, but she got to reunite with her sister. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense because as an audience, that's not what we wanted to see. And now that she's Mm -hmm. gone, especially with this lawsuit going on, who knows if we're going to see the Budapest story. Right. I highly doubt we'll even ever see it. But to that same point, though, uh, sticking with that same theme of that Budapest one before we jump into the rest of it, what did you think of her brief little explanation of what that was?
1: Um, like I said, bro, I'm so lost with like the storyline. Like, I don't even know. All right. So <laughs> so like I literally jumped in to like MCU and like delved straight into it and the content, but I really didn't know the story like mm-hmm. um after because like I think I had like the comic like Silver War and Civil War 2 and so like I thought they were going off of that and yeah. like the way Civil War 2 ended I'm thinking like oh we're already gonna have Fantastic Four we gonna have everybody fighting each other but they went in a whole totally different direction so then I got lost so um like right now bro with this story I'm like literally lost like I'm literally I'm confused on a lot of aspects and like when you were talking about like the Budapest thing I didn't even catch on to that and like mm-hmm. as a as a, as a person like who's looking on the outside uh looking at you it's like dude how the hell are you catching these cues you feel <laughs> what I'm saying like that shit is crazy to me
0: yeah now I'll tell you I grew up on like Marvel and DC
1: mm-hmm.
0: so and I was heavy into all that stuff so uh, even Budapest, now Budapest is technically not in the comics, but because okay. I'm uh because if, for those of you got there who are listening who don't know, both Stewie and I are in a film production master of fine arts program. So we do we are a little bit uh attuned to this kind of stuff, if you will. But mm-hmm. that being said, um, I always I always picked up on that Budapest line and Loki said it because he was like Dracoff's daughter, uh something something, Budapest. And then she mentioned the whole thing with Hawkeye. Everybody knew like it had something to do with Hawkeye. And probably. And she said the thing about Agent Barton was sent to kill me. He made a different call. Okay. So you already like, we already knew like what would go down. But it's one of those mm-hmm. things of if you talk about it so much, like let us see it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, to sort of bring it for a second over into another Disney property, Star Wars.
1: Mm-hmm. Remember
0: how Obi-Wan had that throwaway line about, oh, yeah, your dad and I fought together in the Clone Yep. Wars. yep. And then... Filoni took it and made that into one of the best things to ever come out of Star Wars under the era of George Lucas. Mm-hmm. So all Marvel had to do was literally duplicate that exact same thing. You keep right. saying Budapest, let me see Budapest, you know? Right. Think of if we, when we met Iron Man, for example, we never saw Iron Man 1, but we just see him in the suit already. But they mm-hmm. keep saying, oh, he, he, he came out the cave, he came out the cave, he was captured by the Ten Rings, and then he had to climb his way out this cave. We'd be mm-hmm. like, Bro, let us see him climb out the cave.
1: Right. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So
0: how they did that out now, I will say, I like the part where she was like, what kind of gun does that? And she was like, they're arrows, not guns. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh? But that was all we got. Right. And then the, the hiding in the air ducts thing, I was like it. It makes sense. But I'm like, again, y'all are just like it's, it's it goes again to throw it in the Star Wars. It's almost like a, I know what you want, like how Ryan Johnson did. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what you want to see. But this is not what I want you to see. Right. I feel like they got in their own way, especially with this film. And truth be told, because I've seen it twice now, when I walked out the first time, I was feeling like this was more Yelena's film than it was Natasha's. Okay, I was like, is this just them setting her up to be their new black woman? Could it have been foresight on Marvel's part now that they're in this lawsuit and they really won't ever have a Black Widow ever again unless they mend fences with ScarJo? I don't know. Right. But I was like, this film very much felt like a, oh, she just she's, she's on the run, but her mm-hmm. sister needs help, so now she's like, let's take down the Red Room. But the story never felt personal. Right. I know that the Red Room did something to her. I know it messed her up. How they were saying they can't have kids and all this stuff, and how she was telling Banner she's a monster in Age of Ultron. But mm-hmm. it's like. For you to say you're a monster, you're not a monster because you can't have kids. You'd have to be right. a monster because you murdered people and like Loki said, your ledger's dripping with blood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That makes you a monster. So I'm like, that's what I want to see because we never saw her murder anybody in the MCU.
1: Right. I, like, yeah, I don't remember seeing. That's why I was so confused on why she was getting her own film because I'm like, what key part does she play? You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From what from what I had seen from like end war, you feel what I'm saying, when she was battling all the monsters and shit, like, she did a couple karate moves and everybody was hyped, you feel what I'm saying, and I just didn't, I didn't understand the hypeness, I was just like, wow, she's just doing karate, wow, congratulations.
0: Yeah, like, that's not anything we haven't seen her do before, and that was really what it was for me too, because COVID notwithstanding, I was like, if this is going to be her final hurrah, because we know all the characters dead, this is probably the last time she will play Black Widow, Mm -hmm. you gotta go out on a high note. Right. Like, this was okay, but it's like, so basically she was on the run, got a note from her sister, went to help her sister take down a floating fortress in the sky, which we've already seen, done a billion times in superhero films. Mm. Then she dyes her hair blonde, takes her sister's jacket, and then goes into Infinity War. Mm. Like, if you put it in that sense, the movie does nothing like,
1: right. you know it what I'm does saying? nothing <laughs> to, like, to, like, end her on a good note. It's just like, oh, you know, we we got a more definition of black widow. And mm-hmm. I, I and as a as a person who really who's like trying to get into the MCU, it's like, well, what's the purpose in me knowing her? You feel what I'm saying? Like what is she yeah. my thing is I then go back to like, okay, so what was her purpose in uh the MCU? Like what was her purpose in uh N War? What was her purpose in Civil War? Like what was the what was the significant usage other than her and fucking banner? You feel what I'm saying? Like that's like that's literally like the only idea I have in my head is that she was or she was wanting to be with the Hulk. You feel what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, which is where a lot of people say Whedon messed up with Age of Ultron because he did good with Widow in in uh, the first Avengers. And then the Russo brothers elevated that in Winter Soldier. And then they just took a whole step back when they just tried to make her whole whole character arc and Age of Ultron was falling in love with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like it made no sense. Right, now, right. Uh, that was sort of like our negatives, so, but to go into like more positives of the film. Again, I have to give props to that uh, cover that they did. I think it was a Nirvana score uh, for that montage scene where they're turning the kids into the assassins because it was, I think it was a good two and a half minutes of it. But I was sitting there in the theater, like this is really giving this film a very certain like vibe and tone that if they can just keep this, I'll be okay, you know? Um, so I was just kind of watching it through that lens, so to speak. And then sort of the, the stuff where they were saying she's on the run. And now I will give props to the fights in this film, too. Those fights were pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They definitely uh, choreographed uh, okay. very well. Uh, cinematography in the film was excellent, too. Especially because yep. I know a lot of this, they did film on location and there were even things in the film that I thought they filmed on location and then saw behind the scenes and was surprised it was green screen on a soundstage. Which props to Marvel, of course, they can always do that kind of stuff and pull it off well. But, um, I mean, Scar Joe's acting was obviously on point. Nothing's changed as far as that was concerned. Uh, Obvious standout, Florence Pugh, Mm got to give that to her. I'm not going to say she stole the show, but the fact that I'm going to say I'm not going to say that means that I'm kind of saying that. Right. I think she definitely came in there and brought her A-game. Same with, um, I'm forgetting his name now, with the guy that played Red Guardian, one from Stranger Things.
1: Oh, yep, I know what you're talking about, hold on, let me. Uh... David Harbour.
0: Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yeah, he definitely did good too with his whole thing of fighting Captain America, mm-hmm. or Captain America being his arch nemesis and all that yeah. stuff. Like that. And I will say the film had good humor, but I feel like they under, uh, not, not to jump from the positives to the negatives again, but I feel like they underscored a lot of their emotionally compelling moments with humor. Right. Like when they're saying the stuff about uh, how in the Red Room they basically took out everything that could biologically ha- allow them to have kids, but they did mm. it in this jokey sense. So I'm like, that's a, but, but in Age of Ultron, she's calling herself a monster because she can't have children
1: right so she was like kind of like downplaying it a little bit when they had made this they when they had made that the specific issue
0: yeah when they made that very specific issue and Mm -hmm. because remember banner was like i like look at me like i can't have kids and she was like what do you think like what do you think about me then because xyz like it didn't make no sense for them to now underscore that with humor additionally too, where uh they had that that thing around the table and now the, the part where they were doing the family thing with the oh you're slouching like sit up sit up and it's like don't argue with your mother like that that was like classic family stuff so right. I like that part but then from there as the conversation continues they go into that thing where she's saying none of it was real none of it was real and then Elena's like it was real to me because you're the only mom I know and you're the only dad I know and mm. Half of my life was a lie and you guys didn't tell me. And by the way, those energy agents that you chemically subjugated, that was me. And then she gets up and walks off. I was like, "Okay, this is like this is some powerful stuff. Right. The dad goes in there, tells her this weird story about him pissing on his hands to keep them from freezing and then sings the song that she liked when she was a kid. I was like, where's the emotional like resonance to what just happened? Mm hmm. You know, like from a story perspective, I'm like, the, the humor part is funny, but I'm like, where, like where's the result for this anger that she was just feeling at them literally having kept this from her her life and them saying, oh, it wasn't real to any of them. They were just agents doing what they had to do. But mm-hmm. to her, that's the only family she knows. From a story perspective, it, ma- it kind of made no sense. Right. Um, again, not, not to keep jumping from positives to negatives, but there's only a few positives we can even pick out in this, I feel like. Right. Um, I like I
1: I feel the same way. Like I definitely yeah. feel like um like stepping taking a step back and looking at it from um you know the the lens that we do have. It's just like what what is the purpose of this movie? And that's what I'm just going to keep going back to like what is the actual purpose of me knowing about Black Widow? And I like that's what I wanted to know going into this film and I just I, after watching it I wasn't satisfied and I still feel like I'm missing that um And like, I yeah, like that, that's really just that's I how I'm feeling really
0: it where you you just you hit it nail on the head where you're like, it's not satisfying mm-hmm. because it's really not. If you even go to uh, Forbes, for example, and look at the theatrical of what Black Widow has done,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it opened up with a, a big enough debut to sort of not necessarily rival Fast 9, mm-hmm. but it kind of came in there and it did a good little money. So far, right. it's earned 174 million domestically in the US alone and it's 31 days of release. Now that number is sort of like on par with the first Thor movie, uh Ant-Man, the first Captain America. But mm-hmm. again, now we're in 2021. So we're right. talking about being 10 years removed from those films. Right. And now uh total Black Widow has earned about 360 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. And Where it currently stands, that's, again, on par with the first Captain America film, but we're 10 years moved from that. And with a theoretical maybe gaining about 140 million in China, Forbes Mm -hmm. estimates that it will have a total of 600 million. Add in the Disney Plus purchases, and then you come up to like a 670 million total box office for the Black Widow film. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, in a post-COVID world or in a still-COVID world, truth be told, that's not the worst amount of money it could have made, and some even wonder if, in a world of no COVID, would it have still made about six hundred million anyway? Because mm-hmm. we're coming down from the hype that was Endgame, right? Yeah. And,
1: and another thing is too, like, all these movies, like in my opinion, all these movies should have came out before Endgame. Like we should have known about these characters even before. Iron Man died. Spoiler alert, if you Ooh. haven't seen it. But like, we should have, we should have known about this before all the, all the main characters were gone. Because if Black Widow was a main character, we should have been known about her, right? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It just seems like we're telling a story. We're trying to keep this revenue stream going when it's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, well, let's keep yoking the egg. Like, no, bro, tell the story how it's supposed to be told. If you know what I'm saying, like you started uh, off with Iron Man, then y'all went to uh, what was next, Thor. Then y'all went back to Hulk. Like, bro, y'all should have just stayed with that. Okay, I understand that. Now mm. tell the story about the minor characters. The the, the tell them about the Avengers. Like, I want to know about them. I want to know every Avenger. You know what I'm saying. So tell me about Black Widow, cause now I'm I'm gonna not only am I gonna be invested, but I'm gonna be like, well, she's an Avenger, so I should know who she is because she's a key yeah. part to the story. But yeah. now when you tell when you telling me uh, after effect who she is after everything that happened, I really don't care because I already know what happens.
0: Exactly. And it, I think you, you, you're again, you're hitting on some good points because when that first Avengers film did come out, they were like, oh, got to come back swinging with Iron Man three and then we got to do Thor two and then we got to do Captain America two. There should have been a Black Widow solo movie right there and then before we even hit another Avengers film. Boy, but like you said, money first one made a billion they were like oh we get this next one can make two billion mm-hmm. so they had to because if you think about it the uh second avengers film and the first one are only three years removed right so could you have fit another solo black widow film in there absolutely mm-hmm. even could you have done it after that film absolutely but it, money but yeah. to stay on that sort of a money curve sort of glides us into our next topic there where on july 29th Scarlett Johansson went to the Los Angeles Supreme Court and filed a lawsuit against Disney alleging that her compensation was tied to the box office performance of Black Widow if it hit certain benchmarks, which she and her attorneys said it would not hit because of their day and date release on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, now, to that same point, it is sort of chugging along at the box office and making money now. But uh, this comes to us from Variety, where they say Disney intentionally, this is uh, her lawyer speaking, intentionally induced Marvel's breach of agreement without justification in order to prevent her from realizing the full benefit of her bargain. And when I saw that, I was like, I mean, I can't say they're wrong because Warner Brothers ran into this same problem with uh, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot with Wonder Woman, but they paid them as if the film would have made X amount of money at the box office. So they didn't have to go over the actual reality of it. They could go over a theoretical mm-hmm. and then Disney less than, I want to say four to five hours later, clapped back really quick and said there was no merit to the filing at all. And said the lawsuit was sad and distressing uh, disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, As someone who, like you said, isn't too plugged into the lore of Marvel, but you are plugged into the film industry. How do you see this potentially playing out? And what do you think it could do as far as setting a standard for like future people who may run into this kind of a situation because we're still in a pandemic?
1: Well, when I was thinking about this, I'm gonna always go back to what James Gunn did uh, with Guardians. he didn't he didn't make a mess of anything he kept good company when it was supposed to be good company yeah um and I just see if you if you as an actress or an actor if you want to work you should if somebody is giving you say seventy million dollars to make one movie, I think you should keep that company in your good graces um not only. Do people make mistakes? Um, but I definitely understand that it's business at the end of the day, but it's Disney. You feel what I'm saying? They it's they damn near rule the world. Okay. You cannot you cannot just be like, I'm suing Disney. You feel what I'm saying? Like that's that's like some it's like a they're like the damn they're damn near the Illuminati. You feel what I'm saying? Like they're so connected, it's impossible to win against Disney. Okay. Um and so like I just I wish she would have went about it differently. Um, I I just feel like now everything's out in the open and it's just making her look bad. It's making her look really bad. And I know that's not what she wanted. Um, and she probably didn't even want this to get out. But at the end of the day, man, you just... I would never go against Disney ever. Like, that, that would just be my number one thing is to never go against Disney. And I would have just took it how I... I would have just took took the L, but I know that I like in the background at the end of the day, Disney might need you. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. why? Why mess that up? Man, now she really messed it up because if you sue Disney, you're not you're not getting on any more of their projects. Like, yeah.
0: Period. The only way it could work is if they mend the fences. But we even saw a situation similar to this where HBO Max with Warner Brothers, they said we're putting all of our 2021 films exclusively on HBO Max. With that, well, not exclusive, with that and the day and date release with the theaters as well. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Nolan scorched earth with them and basically said, you guys are not taking into account, like, the actual, you know, low it all of making these films and how they need this money to sustain the industry. Denis Villeneuve even wrote a whole piece in The Hollywood Reporter about it. And Mm -hmm. since then, people have wondered, okay, what's Nolan going to do? if he decides to make another film, is he going to make it with Warner or not? But he's kept quiet.
1: Right. right.
0: As much as he did come out and say that, he's kept quiet. And now you've got Netflix knocking on his door saying, we'll right. give you as much money as we want, like as, mu- as much money as you want us to give if you come mm-hmm. over and work for us. And we'll right. put it in the theaters before we put it on Netflix. Not right. at the same time.
1: Now, imagine if Scarlett did that. Imagine if she would just be quiet. She would have came out and would have just been quiet. And then she would have all these other production companies knocking on her door. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, oh, uh, well, yeah, Disney messed up, but listen, here's another hundred million dollars. Come, come to Netflix. Yeah, you feel know what I'm saying? But now, now, now she didn't blackball Disney, so now we now people know. Oh, she'll blackball anyone.
0: You're not wrong. It, to bring it to another uh, situation that went on in the industry, it's the same thing as the Ray Fisher situation as much as there may have been merit to what he said, and that's a whole other thing that would take a whole nother podcast to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like, whether he's right or wrong, the fact that he stood up on a, a, a platform and made that much noise, right. whether it's noise that you should be making means no one's going to want to work with you
1: exactly.
0: because the second you think, Oh, there something's going on here that I don't like, or that I don't appreciate. You're going to say, accountability is greater than entertainment. And you're going to mm-hmm. go and throw everyone you just worked with under the bus
1: under the bus. Exactly. Because
0: exactly. while Scarlet may have some form of uh, a claim you're talking yeah, about, yeah. Yeah. you have to think of, OK, think of all those people who worked on Black Widow mm-hmm. to even bring it to our own personal world. Uh, because for those of you listening out there, again, we're film students, but film students at Full Sail University. There were a lot of graduates from our school who worked on Black Widow. There were a lot of just other people in the industry, maybe someone who was just even a, a PA, just getting somebody water, fruit snacks, whatever have you. But they were happy to be there because, oh, they made it on a Marvel film. But now to them, this whole experience could be asterisked and ruined it almost by the fact that, man, I was on that first Marvel movie and it was it was amazing. But look at this lawsuit going on right because now if people look back it's not going to do good as far as the whole thing of Marvel in general now mm. can they get away with that because of their TV shows
1: I yeah. think they can yeah. listen nobody's going to stop watching Disney that's not listen uh, Black Widow's not that big of a, a
0: she's not a, that big of a
1: statement Yeah, for people to be like oh I'm not watching Disney and I don't know <laughs> that I don't even know somebody who's that big enough to to shut that type of thing down. Uh, like I I literally it's it's literally impossible in my in my thinking to think that somebody can stop Disney in anything. Um, and at, at the end of the day, Disney gonna be a multi billion multi billion, almost a trillion dollar company, no matter what. You feel what I'm saying because they just they got their hands in everything and not only in everything, but in in key parts of everything. And so when it comes to to like one of their stars coming out and outlashing or uh, all this negative energy coming towards them, they're just like, hey, send, send out our lawyers. We, we don't care. We're on to the next project. You know what I'm saying? We got other fans we got to uh, connect with. And that's exactly what they do. Like if you if, 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 if it's messed up in Marvel, why are we just gonna come harder in uh, Star Wars? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if we mess up on Star Wars, we're just gonna come back harder with uh, Disney Channel or with Disney parks. like we're, we're just gonna go to a different area and we're just gonna succeed even more. Like, this doesn't stop us. And not only be because they're they, in the they, sports world, too. Now they, they can yeah. easily go to ESPN. You know what I'm saying? It, because
0: they clapped back at her so quick on that first day. And then her mm-hmm. lawyer threw another shot and said, "Oh, how dare you guys in a nutshell. But right. since then, the lawsuit's still in everyone's minds. But what's the one thing everyone's talking about on Twitter? What if mm-hmm. drop a date? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Peggy Carter's Captain America. Oh, Chadwick, may he rest in peace. He, he's going to be in three episodes like... No one's really caring about Black Widow.
1: Yeah, Black Widow is an old statement, bro. It's it's last week's news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's last week's news. Now, if we sort of, uh, like you said, like Disney owns all these corporations and all this different stuff, and so, uh, like I said, they're they're branching off into that TV world. So we just mm-hmm. came out Loki. Now we're going into What If. I haven't watched the episode yet, but I'm hearing good things.
1: I'm hearing I guess, this. I I, Yo, I haven't dude. watched it neither, but I've definitely it's. It's big and bright on Disney. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, whatever the streaming, Disney streaming. It's bright bright and big. As soon as you click on it, what if is popping up. So, yeah, definitely probably going to watch it tonight and see
0: what's going on. We're only a month away from Shang-Chi, too. As much as a lot of the general movie going audience may not know who Shang-Chi is, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the next big thing that they hype up. So it's Mm -hmm. like, Widow, the further we get from that point in time where they dropped. I literally feel like Disney dropped Black Widow and they were like it's done move next yeah
1: and yes. i think that's really what, what it is because it's a business
0: what said. It's that's why because yeah. if she wanted to pull the trigger and say oh you guys made this deal to put it on disney plus and you're not paying me she would never mm-hmm. have done the press release she never would have done the press tour she never would have they switched to doing it to disney plus i want to say back in like march or april and black mm-hmm. widow just dropped in july she would have made some noise way back then before the film even came out. Because why would she wait until the film's out? Until it is making you supposed money if it hits these benchmarks for you to then say, man, they shouldn't have dropped it on Disney Plus. They should have kept it theatrical. Because now whatever money that you could be making in reality, you are slowing down or completely Mm -hmm. cutting off. You're turning off the faucet. It makes no sense at all. No
1: sense. It doesn't.
0: Now, uh, to sort of go to our second topic, in the world of Star Wars, which I know that's the one you really plugged into. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, They are saying, due to a report from The Hollywood Reporter, this is coming to us from SlashFilm.com, that the Ahsoka series that Dave Filoni currently has in development is on the hunt for a live-action Sabine Wren. Live-action? Live-action. That's it.
1: Pack it up. Throw it away. I'm not... What the... What?
0: (laughs) Are you? Uh, What? They say reportedly the studio is now gearing up for the upcoming series and has commenced searching for an actress to star as Ren opposite of Ahsoka, who has been voiced by actually Ashley Eckstein and now portrayed by Rosario Dawson successfully, I might add, in the Mandalorian. Oh, my
1: God. See, bro, this, this is what they do, bro. They, get, they have a good thing going, and they want to go and fucking ruin it. This is what I'll be talking about. I love Disney. I'm not about to lie to you. I love Disney because they bought Star Wars. That's the only reason I love Disney. But, mm-hmm. bro, come on now. Why the hell does it have to be live action? You got a good thing going with, this, with, the, with, the, with the Clone Wars hype. Keep it cartoonish. That's what, that's what the older generation is coming from, and like we're like, I yeah. want more. I want more. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I I feel like it brings back this nostalgic of my childhood, and I want to watch it over and over and over and over again.
0: I have to say, I agree. As much as I love the live action stuff with Mando, and now we're going to get this Ahsoka thing and Book of Boba Fett, it's like that animation does something to me because, Mm -hmm. like you said, for our generation, which is this new one that's coming up on Star Wars, we grew up with the prequels, and we also then grew up with the clone wars series. Mm-hmm. Like I have memories watching that with my grandma in my grandma's house on Saturday mornings and then when they switched to Friday nights going to grandma's house on Friday nights specifically just to watch clone wars with her. Exactly. With my brother. And then come say last year when they dropped clone wars season 7, I'm like, "Oh, this is making me feel like a kid again." Exactly. So even during a whole <laughs> pandemic where the world flipped upside down, I can wake up Saturday morning and play the newest episode on Disney Plus as if I was still a kid. Right. And then they say, "Oh, it ain't over, bad batch." And I'm like, "Yes, more animation, more
1: animation."
0: Because they their animation, if you watch Clone Wars from beginning to end, it changed for the better.
1: It does. It 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 progresses. You're like, (laughs) "Wow, this is really," as an adult, you notice more than what you were when a kid. Because as a kid, bro, Mm -hmm. our cartoons look damn near the same. I'm not gonna lie to you. But as (laughs) an older, you start to have a greater appreciation. For not only the artwork, but for like the animation, because it's really good. It gets really, it it transcends into a different time. And you're just like, wow, I was glad I was a part of that.
0: And I remember Filoni saying that because Disney did cancel Clone Wars and then he moved over to Rebels and then he went back to Clone Wars, he was able to implement the advances in the animation technology from doing Rebels into Clone Wars. So he right. said, had we kept going with Clone Wars, it would not have looked as good as it does right now. Because he was like, mm-hmm. there's a code to that animation. We just didn't crack until we hit Star Wars Rebels. Right. So it it, it went to their benefit with the whole thing. Again, they were dropping that stuff. I've, I I want to say it was Fridays last year. Mm-hmm. And then they like released that finale on May the 4th. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And yeah, then like, perfect. like, okay, Bad Batch coming next year. And I was mm-hmm. like, hmm. I, I never really I was like, uh, eh, I mean, y'all, I would rather y'all give me something else, but Bad Bad, cool, let me check it out. And then I watched mm-hmm. that first episode and I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm hooked. I was yeah. like, y'all don't gotta do. Yeah. I mean, I you already knew, you know, classic formula. Oh, they stuck in a battle, they can't win. Oh, they're gonna be like reinforcements coming. Oh, what? There's only five of them. Five will do. Mm-hmm. And then they they start they start beating up everybody, kicking ass. So then you're right. like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But then order sixty six. Mm. And I'm like, yo, they just it's not even the fact that they murdered the Jedi because we know Order 66. We know what's coming. Mm -hmm. But the way that Filoni shot it Mm -hmm. where they're running the Bad Batch is running because Order 66 didn't pop up in their minds yet. Mm -hmm. And Hunter turns around and sees her deflecting the blaster shots. And then she tells Kanan to run. And while he's running, you just hear that scream off screen.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I was like, yo, I'm back in episode three now.
1: Exactly. It's no longer it. It no longer feels like a kid show. And now it's like, what the hell was that? Like, Yeah. And
0: you know. then even when they went back to Camino and they were doing the whole thing about, oh, now we're changing the guard now. Like we're going to start phasing the clones out, putting mm-hmm. real people in. I was like, okay, we're slowly moving past that point. And then yep. now uh, fast forward, if you will, from that to the uh, part one of the Bad Batch season finale. Which, are yeah, the season one finale, which just showed last Friday, the the fact that they showed all these different places that we've seen in Camino from episode two empty, yep. And yep. I was like, what are they like? They evacuated, but I was like, why are they? It didn't. It just didn't click with me because I was just so in it. I was like, why is the Empire evacuating? I mean, I know they're shutting it down on the cloning facility, so I was like, why are they evacuating though? And then those Star Destroyers show up, right? And they just start raining fire on all i was like they're gonna sink it bro yep they're gonna sink it and then now chronologically makes perfect sense why no one ever mentioned camino again because the cloning facilities are gone right right Right. but again to that same point though to something of that kind of a scale even though they put a big good budget into these films i mean to these things like mandalorian and stuff like that Mm-hmm. especially because we are in a COVID world and they will opt more now to shoot in a more controlled environment than they would have. Otherwise yeah. you can't do a, a shot like that in live action. you can't unless you throw a big budget behind it,
1: but you're going to lose What's, money. But, but why, why throw a big budget behind it when you can just do it like this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying like, this is That's I'm good. all for, I'm all for, certain live action films but some films don't need some stories don't need live action you feel what i'm saying like there it just it throws away the the feeling of it you feel what i'm saying like this is this story can definitely be told and through animation and i just wish that disney would just listen and just do it through animation like don't ruin a good thing like you got a good thing going don't ruin it and okay. I would even
0: question the move uh, specifically to that, because where we left off Rebels, mm-hmm. it was on that tail end of, okay, you know, the Empire just fell. We're, like, right after episode six, right? Mm-hmm. And Mandalorian, if I'm remembering correctly, picks up about 30 to 40 years after Return of the Jedi. Yep. So it makes sense that Ahsoka would still be around. Mm-hmm. Make she'd be a little bit wiser.
1: No, she... Uh, She's she's definitely supposed to still be around. Yeah, she's you definitely supposed saying? to still be there. She, and and listen, in my head, this is how this is how I had the story playing out. I had a killing Darth Vader mm-hmm. because that was that was that was and that was Anakin's fucking. You feel what I'm saying? That was Anakin's motherfucking protege. Right. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I thought she was gonna be the one to kill Darth Vader, and then she was gonna train Anakin's kid. That's how I thought we was going into uh, the new trilogy. That's how I thought what that that's what my mind was working against. Because I'm like, oh shit, we gonna have this, we are gonna have that, but it didn't play out like that. And so I was like mad, confused when I when when I seen Ray, and I'm like. What is this? Like what who is she? You feel what I'm saying? Like, where's the character that I thought was gonna be in this? Where's she at? You feel Mm -hmm. because
0: that would have been the perfect time to insert her into live action. I mean, now I will say the way that they did it in Mandalorian was spectacular. Mm -hmm. Um, because I remember in particular this was uh Black Friday last Mm -hmm. year, because Mm -hmm. I I was working at Walmart on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving night because we were setting up the uh, the Black Friday stuff because, you know, Walmart does their big Black Friday sale. And I remember uh, at the particular time I was having chest pain. So they were like, you know, I was told, them, like, I literally can't lift this stuff without feeling pain. So they were like, OK, go home. But when I went home, I wasn't sleepy.
1: Right. So I
0: was like, it's 3 a.m. Mm, new episode of Mando just dropped. This is the one that they said Ahsoka was in. Let me watch it. Mm-hmm. And that first scene with her walking through the forest and killing those guys and stuff. I was like, oh, this isn't half bad. But I was also right. like, this isn't Ashley Eckstein. This is Rosario Dawson. How's mm. this going to play out? So I was a little nervous about that part, too. And she killed it. Right. But for them to do uh, Sabine Wren now as a continuation of that with whoever is Rosario Dawson is, I have to wonder, will they recast the role or use mm. the voice actor? Right. Because they did that with Bo-Katan. They kept the live action uh, person being the same one who did the uh, animation. Now, Katie Sackhoff is naturally an actress before she is a voice actress. So it kind of made sense in that way to sort of keep her in that role. Right. But I wonder how they're going to do this one. Theoretically, they could have Sabine even keep her helmet on the whole time and just have the voice actress dub the lines. But I feel like that'd be a very cop out cheap move and whoever signs on to physically portray her would probably put somewhere in their contract that they have to remove their helmet so that the audience sees their face and then associates them with that character now some people will say uh, with Sabine Wren coming into the picture and with uh, Ahsoka and Mando uh, fighting the one lady that she did and asking where is Grand Animal Thrawn they're on the hunt for Ezra But it's like, do we, I'm not saying that's not a story that can't be told, but mm-hmm. Ezra's story kind of finished with him rejecting him and Thrawn into wherever they went. Right. So if Ahsoka and Sabine are on the hunt for that, is that, I, what I'm trying to say is, is that worthy of an Ahsoka show? Could we delve into other parts or other aspects of the world of Star Wars?
1: My thing is, where, where is Ahsoka going to end? Exactly. Um, exactly like, because we're art' in this new trilogy there's there's supposedly no more jedi, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and if in my head, if ahsoka is still alive, what the hell, why the hell we ain't been seen her, yeah,
0: You know what
1: I'm because saying, like always
0: says, oh, I'm no jedi, I'm no Jedi, but Dave Filonia said she's the most jedi out of any jedi,
1: exactly Even not only not only insane. are you a Jedi but you got your 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 master is one of the the key the key people in in star wars mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so that would automatically make you a key player and so then that can you bro they could have spin this off any way they wanted to and they didn't and it and it bothers me because you could have instantly you could have took Osaka and then you could have instantly you could have had her and create been i don't i don't know you could have had some way enact that she i don't know how gandalf. yeah yeah she really could
0: have been there even when you look at the end of rebels and she has that giant staff Felone was even like uh, i kind of imagine like her being a gandalf character now so i give her a staff i was like okay so let her be gandalf because right. if you're telling me that uh episode seven force awakens takes place 40 years or however many time that is i think it's 40 after return of the jedi so hence why Luke is now an old man. Everybody's old. Right. Right. right, right. Where does Ahsoka go in that 40 years? Thank because the Clone Thank Wars, she's you. a what? 13 year old yes. kid. Yes. The Clone Wars went on for about, I want to say, three years. If mm-hmm. uh, three years, if you're counting the continuity that they had in the EU and then probably about three and a half, if you go with canon. So Ahsoka about 17, 18, give or take, by the mm-hmm. time the Republic falls. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a good, I want to say 20 years between uh, three and four. Mm-hmm. So then she's in her thirties. And exactly. from the time you get from four to six, it's only about another three years. So then she's only like 35. So by okay. the time you get the Mando, it makes sense that she's still wandering around, but she's like at this point in her late thirties, early forties, probably early to mid forties. Mm-hmm. So probably around like maybe 43 by the time we get to Mandalorian, which is only, I want to say about another 10, 15 years removed from seven. So at that point, she would be in her 50s, but her, yep. her species age is different than humans. Right. right. So could she still be around kicking ass? Absolutely. So the yep. fact that we hear no peep, no must, no fuss about her mm-hmm. until we get to episode nine in the new trilogy and you hear her voice with all the other Jedi who have supposedly passed on. Yeah. What does that say?
1: How does she die, bro? Like, why did she die? Like, what? She who die? killed her?
0: Does she become one with the force? Mm-hmm. I feel like Feloni's going to do some funny stuff where he's going to because remember how he did the whole world between world things mm-hmm. which most people were like eh, he never should have done it and truth be told he's never opened that door he just closed it up again right. because it is low-key a cheat for them to just do time travel in Star Wars yeah, uh, yeah. I have to wonder ain't though, because ain't fucking Star always, Trek bro this ain't Star Trek, Star Trek. but Filoni's mm-hmm. always done this weird thing with Ahsoka and I, I say weird but weird just for lack of a better term where as far as the force is concerned and like the mystical side of things, she's mm. touched on that a lot more than other people. For example, the Mortis arc in the original Clone Wars. Right. Like the bird flying around now is the spirit of the daughter and they put that in Ahsoka. So that's why she's always got that carnivore everywhere she goes. So mm. I do have to wonder if Ahsoka were to just die it would be uh, like if she just died of old age, it'd be kind of a a lame ending,
1: right? Yeah, no, it would. It would be corny as hell. If she gets
0: killed, it'd be corny as hell. Who's going to kill her? Who's going to kill her? I'd be like, well, everybody becomes one with the Mm Force. It has to be something that she does where I feel like she's not going to die, but -hmm. she's not going to live. She's Mm going to be somewhere in between both and she can cross over between wherever the Force ghosts go in whatever the physical world is. I feel like he's going to do something like that.
1: Yeah, cause uh, uh, cause th- that reminds me too of when um, Obi Wan like at the end of not was that the end of nine when he was like astral projecting.
0: Uh, at the end of eight when Luke was, yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, Luke. Uh, and he was just sitting there astro, and I was just like, "What the fuck." Yeah, that was Uh, the weirdest thing ever, man. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, is this nigga dead or is he alive? Like, I was really for all
0: that, why did he not raise up his own X-Wing out the water and fly over there?
1: We can sell and so like why in my head, I think that they're gonna play off of this notion that there's like a whole totally different view of the force that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And I think Ahsoka is going to be the one who taps into that, who's really like in tune with that side of the force. And if that if that's the case, that might be an interesting outlook. It might be yeah. cool to do it if they do it correctly. If they do um, it, because this yeah. Sabine
0: Wren story makes me wonder, like, is Filoni going to tap into that whole, okay, where does Ahsoka end up? What kind of mm. things can she go on? We're going to explore more of the mysticism of the force, or is he just going to use this as their excuse to set up grand admiral Thrawn as the thanos of this star wars live action universe
1: are they gonna cop out. they gonna are they, they gonna, gonna cop, cop
0: out <laughs> they're gonna cop out bro but i'm like ahsoka is set up so perfectly to just be this wandering nomad who right. just dives deeper into jedi because if you think about it right because of like you said generations luke skywalker is luke skywalker but now luke skywalker like it or not has been forever tainted by what ryan johnson did in episode 8 right ahsoka is the one character who is doing what luke did in the eu which mm-hmm. is let me study all the stuff and I don't, I don't i'm really a jedi you can call me a jedi but i just try to do the best i can to help people but she's mm-hmm. like she's diving heavy into like that Whenever you see Ahsoka, it dives heavy as far as themes go into like the mysticism of the force, which is what happened with Luke in the EU, because Mm -hmm. he learned how to time walk through time and all this other stuff using the force that we had never seen in the movies. But everybody was like, I fuck with it.
1: And Ahsoka isn't like other Jedi. Jedi
0: Because she's literally because if if you go again, bring it back to the Mortis arc where you had the father, the son and the daughter, light side, Mm -hmm. dark side, father kept the balance is yep. literally imbued with the life essence of the daughter right so from that point on she was never going to be normal ever again which is right. why when clone wars happened and she told anakin i'm not coming back mm-hmm. i was in there as a viewer like makes sense mm-hmm. because her, her, it's not not just from a story perspective of oh we don't see her in three so it makes sense she's not with the jedi no more but just from a bigger sense of her destiny's bigger than that right that's why right. she can say, oh, I'm not a Jedi, because it's not that she has anything against the Jedi, but it's like not in an egotistical sense, but she's just destined for big. You can't be the apprentice of the chosen one and not have a big Thank destiny
1: you. Thank away you.
0: from the especially because Anakin for what, like, I mean, he fulfilled his destiny, but he fucked up his destiny first. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like because he fucked up his own destiny automatically, that would mean Ahsoka would have bigger and better things to do because, if you again, to sort of throw it back to keep throwing it back to to different Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Remember in, like, it was season three of Clone Wars, and she got trapped on Kashyyyk, and Mm -hmm. Anakin was trying up and down, left and right, to move Heaven and Earth to get to her, and Plo Koon was like, she's your Padawan. Like, if you taught her, she'll come to us. Right. Like, you taught her well. She knows what she's doing. Like, you don't gotta worry about her because that's your apprentice. not At the the end of the
1: day, Anakin was... At that time, Anakin was one of the strongest Jedi in 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 Star Wars like time at that time. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin was the one. He was he he was the chosen one. Everybody was saying it. You feel what I'm saying? Like anybody who looked at Anakin was like, Oh, you're the chosen one. Like he was destined. You feel what I'm saying? And so, like, if he's training somebody, then it's automatic that that person overcome overthrows Anakin you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying because not only not only as the listen uh, if I was the chosen one of 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 a world or I I was like the most opious character then I would the the person I chose to train I would look at as overthrowing me because Mm -hmm. that's what that's what Obi-Wan did with Anakin exactly what Obi-Wan did like why they ended up fighting Cause it, you have to fight your master at any yeah. type of day. You feel what I'm saying? And either you're gonna succeed or you're gonna die. And that that that's still one of the most craziest scenes when that nigga that nigga Anakin jumped that did not have high ground. I was really confused, about <laughs> that. but it really showed like the will and the determination of Anakin. It was just like, what the fuck? This nigga is really the chosen one. No matter how you look at it, yeah, he he could be the chosen one of the Jedi, or he can be the chosen one of the dark side. Like you don't know, you feel what I'm saying, and he can go either way. And so my thing with Osaka is she can be literally the chosen one of the 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 Jedi. Like she can be the chosen one, literally, because she she learned from Anakin, and she she learned all the good parts of Anakin, and I feel like she. She developed into such a, she's going to, she developed into, in my head, into such a strong Jedi that she's going to be, she can be one of the most OP characters. You feel what I'm saying? Like literally. She has
0: to be, because the benefit of her being a Jedi and then not being a Jedi, right, means you grew up in the temple and you learned the Jedi ways. Mm-hmm. But that also means she was the beneficiary of multiple masters. Right. Because she got taught by Anakin. Hence why mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, uh, the four-part finale, Siege of Mandalore, she could rival them all. Right. And she was also like, oh, if you if Anakin were here, man, you would have got your ass kicked. She's like, I'm, right. I'm just playing with you. Anakin would have right. kicked your ass. But he was like, you've got Kenobi's arrogance. Mm-hmm. Because that's the two people she was always around. She learned the wisdom from Obi-Wan, but she learned the skill from Anakin. So mm-hmm. she is like, If the Jedi Order fell, if anything like it did fall, if anything were to come out of that or if anybody were to carry, uh, for lack of a better term, carry that on the traditions of the Jedi, but the right way Mm -hmm. and the better way, it has to be Ahsoka because everybody else was mad disillusioned with the Force and with the Jedi or they cut themselves off or went into hiding or Vader kills them. She's the one person still wandering around doing good but again you're the apprentice of the chosen one but the chosen one fucked up his destiny so now it's like your destiny got to be bigger than him if the force didn't see fit to keep you by his side forever that's the case and you know to sort of not throw in a metaphysical sense but like george lucas said he always sort of took the idea of the force besides it being a mystical thing that controls and moves everything you can literally think of the force as almost like god
1: Right. No, it is
0: like if if God has a bigger destiny for you or in this situation, the force has a bigger destiny for you. You can't stay uh, strapped to Anakin uh, handcuffed to him forever. You can stay handcuffed to the Jedi forever because there's something bigger out there. You got to do and if that was to train Ray or to train whoever the next Skywalker would have been. That just would have logically made more sense.
1: Yes. If Ben
0: Solo Was the focus of seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and Luke fucked it up or whatever, right? But then, oh, who comes to kick Luke's ass and be like, "Yeah, you fucked up, Ahsoka"? Because right. I knew your dad. Yeah, that would have made way more logical sense to somehow, some way, input her into the the new trilogy because at that point audiences were already familiar with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and that would have been a I bigger, would have been a bigger audience reaction, bro theaters would have erupted not only that uh they could have the the story could have played completely differently Mm -hmm. now you got ahsoka training the next coming jedi so now the next coming jedi are gonna have a different mindset from the the before generation jedi
0: yeah because like i said if you want to go off of age by the time we hit mando she's like has to be in her 40s right so when it comes to hang on, how long? Because when it comes to that time, uh, it doesn't really matter where she is or what she's doing. She can still be around. Yeah. And the Mandalorian is set twenty five years before the events of Episode Seven, which means Ahsoka would then, by the time we get to Ray and Finn, be in her sixties, maybe seventies. Mm-hmm. But you could. But you, we saw Dooku. Doing flips and shit, and that nigga was old. Yoda yeah, so like, is seen Yoda, something.
1: Yeah, no, Yoda's fucking older than the earth. Jerry walks
0: slow as fuck, but dude's just chilling. So you can't tell me Ahsoka couldn't have been fucking shit up in her 60s. Probably will be, because for all we know, like I said, she didn't die. And right. people straight up asked Baloney. They said, We heard her voice in episode nine when Ray was doing all this stuff. Does that mean she's dead? He's like, I'm not gonna answer that. Right. And I'm like, that means he got some kind of thing up his sleeve, bro. Because remember when Rebels 2 in the season, I think it was season two finale when she fought Vader and then the temple caved in on them and it blew up. But if you were to like look at the like the last two minutes of that episode and you were to do that little click pause, click pause, click pause, click pause, mm-hmm. you can see Vader walking down into the temple to see that he survived, but you see that little condor fly in the air. Mm-hmm. And then everybody started that Ahsoka lives campaign. Okay. And then yeah. he was like, "Yeah, I never really killed her." And then mm-hmm. he did World Between Worlds, and I was like, "So she never died; she just got pulled out." Right. But again, pulled out for what? You can't tell because me one of the, at the end of her the, to find Ezra. My
1: thing is, when it comes to like the like Darth Vader like fighting, so I my thing is he already knows
0: her fighting style
1: yeah not not even that but i think he already he already has an inclination that he still has family you feel yeah. what i'm saying so cuz he, he hesitated he, exactly and just he like, like ben uh, solo like, just I like I how this nigga this exactly just like ben solo you feel what i'm saying like he's always hesitant no matter what he does against ray You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's always like, why am I doing this? Why am I a part of the dark side? Why am I on this side? You feel what I'm saying? Like, it has to be another reason. And so there's always that conflict of, should I really be on the dark side or should I just go back to what I know? You feel Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And who I love, like my family.
0: Yeah. To that point, that's why I, Ryan Johnson, when he did eight, eight was I'm still like, I don't really like what they did with eight. I can accept it, but I don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that being mm-hmm. said, when he hit on those points where Kylo was like the Jedi, the Sith, get rid of all of it, I was mm-hmm. like, so great Jedi. Right. A Jedi without the title. That's right. what a So-ka is. Right. That just would have logically made sense for her to be the one that imported and planted those seeds, and then mm-hmm. it just sort of goes on. Because gwygon Jin was the same way. Yeah. At least in the EU, he was a great Jedi. In the canon, yeah. they don't call him a great Jedi, but that's basically what he was because he went along with the politics and the rules. But he was also at times like, "I'm just going to do what I want to do."
1: Yeah, bro. Listen, Qui Gon Obi Wan. There's no listen, bro. That that lineage, there's no stopping it. You know what I'm no saying? Like, it. It's that's it's the it. perfect Jedi.
0: It's literally Yoda, Duku. Mm-hmm. Dooku taught Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan taught the Chosen One. The Chosen One taught Ahsoka. Thank you. She is the end of the end of that lineage before the old times, as Obi-Wan said, before the Empire. Yeah. And that lineage then continues where? Does she teach somebody, or is there some big thing? She, again, I don't think we've seen her reach her prime or her peak or whatever you want to call it. Like, there's something else. Poloni's got up his sleeve. He's not telling people because you right. can't tell me you greenlit an Ahsoka show just to make this set up for ezra's return because i don't need to see ezra come back that bad Mm -hmm. ezra did if anything you want to give me something else besides ahsoka give me the Mm -hmm. the cal kestis thing from fallen order right because that was pretty dope Mm -hmm. that actor portrayed who voiced the character they took his body motions too when they did motion capture he looks just like the guy right you can play him in live action I'd rather that than the Ezra character because for Ezra, they're going to cast either Mina Massad, who mm-hmm. played Aladdin in the live action Aladdin, or somebody else. And it's like, I'm not like, I'm not hyped for it. Now, again, right. I said the same thing about Bad Batch. And that, didn't disappoint. that was animation, though. Mm. It's just something different with that animation realm, man.
1: Right. I'm, hey, man, I'm, I agree with you 100%. It, it,
0: and it's like, you can't you can't change it. Like even when, again, to go back to like Clone Wars uh, finale last year, they did it in animation. Mm -hmm. I was like, this film, if you took those four episodes and made them into a movie, Mm -hmm. it's just something else, man. Because someone Mm -hmm. took a cut of those four episodes and mixed it together with episode three in order Mm -hmm. to make a big extended cut of episode Mm -hmm. three with animation, with the live action both happening simultaneously hmm. and i was like mm, they did something with that one bro hmm. they did something with that one I have to watch that. A- I,
1: i've never i never even seen that i might have to watch that that sounds interesting
0: it's gonna take up a good five hours of your life
1: <laughs> hey i don't care that listen I, i've already sat through a four and a half hours of lord of the rings i might as well sit through star wars
0: yeah you got a point with that one uh, staying in that realm of Star Wars, though, moving on to our, our next point here, uh, Collider reported that Taika Waititi has teased that his Star Wars movie is going to feel very him, very Taika. And he says that it's still in the uh, exterior space stage, but we've got a story and I'm really excited because it feels like me. And he said, I tend to go down that little sincerity alleyway in my films. And I like to fool the viewer into thinking that, ha, it's this, and then have them go, damn it, you made me feel something. Which I have to say, he, he's saying that in a funny way, but he did that with Ragnarok too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the Ragnarok, I mean, it was funny, but it was also like, he took Thor to a whole nother level. As a and character, nobody cared.
1: As a character yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, nobody cared about Thor at that point. Even Hemsworth was tired of playing Thor. He was like, I was about mm-hmm. to quit. I was like, that's crazy. But Taika doing a, again, but Taika, that's more leaning into that live action again
1: yeah
0: i don't know man it's got to be something with
1: it's got to be life-changing bro it has to be something i've never it seen has to be.
0: for star wars to hit live action you gotta do something that's gonna make me jump out my seat and be like what did y'all just do like mando sure mandalorian looked dope and looked cool mm-hmm. but nothing prepared you for when he opened that pod and you see a baby yoda and then you're like wait like,
1: what the hell is that
0: what's the show doing because it was never in any of the marketing materials and then you see that and then i i remember watching that and i'm like yo they all i
1: remember is nothing about it. Up.
0: It baby, yoda, baby up. yoda i'm like
1: what the fuck
0: blew up so now we know okay whole point of mando is besides telling the story of Din Djarin, you know baby yoda
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's like if you then take ahsoka and put ahsoka in there which you know she helped grogu figure out his name again and all that stuff you can't tell me i only you only put ahsoka in live action for her to just now lead into ezra because then we have an iron man 2 situation where you're sacrificing what could be a great story for setup right And rosario dawson killed it as ahsoka
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you can't tell me oh we're going to bring her back and pair her up with whoever's going to place a just so they can find Ezra Bridger. Like, why do we need to find Ezra that bad? Because I know he disappeared, right? If one of my friends disappeared, I mean, I would go looking for them too.
1: But you're not going to make a whole movie about it. I'm
0: going to make a whole movie about it. Yeah. I'm not going to, unless you literally are like, if you go into the Bermuda Triangle and you right. disappear, which is pretty much what Ezra did. Right. Then why am I going to go looking for you? Right. I'm probably going either, I'm going to disappear. Or I have no clue how to replicate what happened to you to figure out you get what I'm saying? Or, or
1: he went into the Bermuda Triangle for a reason and I should not yeah. be going in there after him.
0: Because he was, he was in the spaceship with Ron. He did mm-hmm. the Space Whales thing, which was... And that's one of Filoni's more weird decisions. But the whole Space Whales thing, and then they jumped them into the unknown regions. Right. That's the Bermuda Triangle. Why am I going to go in there after you if I know people that go in there never come out? Thanks. Like, what makes me think I'm so big and bad number? I can go in the Bermuda Triangle and I can... I can I can pull you from the depths, bro, and then we are gonna come back. We gonna be the first people to ever come back. Like, right? That's not how that work. I'm probably gonna right. lose my life. Yeah, I'm gonna disappear. And sure, I'll be conscious and I'll know wherever I go is where I go. But then you think somebody gonna come in after me? Probably not, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably not. Because for Ezra to jump into the unknown regions, it's also like there's no that's why that line didn't make no it made no sense to me either because for Ahsoka to threaten this person and be like where's your master where's Grand Admiral Thrawn y'all know Thrawn jumped into the unknown regions but the unknown regions are the unknown regions for a reason Mm. like Thrawn came from the unknown regions Palpatine sort of explored that just the tiniest bit if you read the novels but -hmm. even Palpatine was scared of what was in the unknown regions because he was like uh, this is uncharted territory and I don't know what's over there and I don't know if I want to mess with that because it could be a threat to my Empire. Like, and if you look at the whole concept of the quote-unquote unknown regions, supposedly that's where Snoke came from. And oh. supposedly that's where he had the First Order just hiding right. until it was time for them to, to show up and start wrecking shit like the Empire did. And whole time while he was building his fleet and building up the First Order, Leia was like, To the Senate, like, y'all need to do something, y'all need to do something. This first order is going to be a problem. And they was like, Yeah, you're the daughter of Darth Vader. You ain't got clout to say nothing right now. And then she was like, Fuck it, I'll do it myself. And Mm -hmm. then that's when we got the whole resistance thing, which was pretty much just the rebellion all over again Mm -hmm. and the empire all over again. Which brings me to a bigger thing, just uh, like I said, right now, just shooting the shit kind of situation. What was the point of seven, eight, nine? If you literally just duplicated the rebellion in the empire and then you, the, the republic that they supposedly rebuilt after taking down the Death Star,
1: mm-hmm.
0: got destroyed in number seven. Right. So now we're, you basically started us again from ground zero. Mm-hmm. And I always imagined with this new trilogy, because I mean, I you, we saw Kylo ran in seven, but everybody knew, all well, they're going to pull that thing where Kylo turns to the light side. I already right. knew that was going to happen. I just didn't expect him to die. Right. But I was like, okay, you sit on it, sit on Star Wars for maybe eight years, nine years, whatever. And then you say, oh, we're making episode 10. World goes crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can do. Have you ever seen the Star Wars, the old Republic trailers? Oh, yeah. How people always say that's the dope Star Wars movies we need to see that we never see. You can literally do something where you are, again, borrowing thematics from the, the old EU books where you can say, Ray and Kylo had kids, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Ray restarted the Jedi Order, like what Luke was supposed to do, but y'all made him this sorry old man. And then, oh, ray has got the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. They rebuilt the Republic. Everything's good. Bam, new enemy. They attacked the Jedi Temple. You can literally, again, that's, like I said, this is almost like making a, I don't want to call it Frankenstein's monster, but almost making a Frankenstein's monster of borrowing from different elements of Star Wars that y'all have now deemed non-canon and mm-hmm. making it into a dope story because ben solo fucking shit up as a jedi in, in the in whatever the new jedi temple is and defending his kids and all that shit and then ray kicking ass with a double bladed lightsaber which is what she should have had in episode nine but they kicked out colin trevorrow like it's there but right. y'all killed ben so it's like you can still make ray a badass whenever you bring her back but it's also like uh ben solo's dead now right what was his whole point of living just to defeat Palpatine again because Ray yeah. just kind of did that on her own, she didn't even need him, not really, sort of kinda but so again, brings that whole point of what's the point of the new trilogy
1: you know, yeah i hey man I've already spoke my piece, but i i i I don't understand why they why they did that like they i don't I don't understand i I don't think I ever understand i think everybody who's a star Wars fan out there doesn't fucking understand because mm-hmm. I just feel like we were let down. Like like man, at the man. end of the day, bro, we were just, we had our hopes high for something and we just were put down. And yeah. a lot of people, you feel what I'm saying? We're blaming Disney and uh, them buying them and continuing something that should not have been continued. Like, why are we yeah. still talking about Luke? It's over.
0: It's over. It's done. We know what happens. If anything, like I said, they should have just adapted the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy, which was 7, 8, 9, way back when seven, eight, nine wasn't a thing. Exactly. Just adapt it and you're fine. There's a billion different young actors and actresses out there that you could have got to play Jason Solo and Jaina Solo and... Uh, the other kid, Anakin, that they had that died in the Yuzon vault, like you could have, they could have just literally adapted that, and sure you'd have older versions of Han Luke and Leia now, but it could still work. You know what I mean? Yep. It could still work. We would have seen what we still needed to see. But to that point, I, I mean, they're they're doing good with this Mando live action thing, but they also recognize now the value of like you said of that animation aspect because they let Filoni do Bad Batch to bring it back for a second season. Rumor has it he's spinning up some other animated projects too. So it's like. They're going forward with this live action. They're not even messing with Star Wars movies right now, but they're also developing this animation thing on the side. And to right. that same point of Bad Batch, I mean, we won't know until we watch the series finale or the season finale, my apologies, on Friday. But what is the, not necessarily what is the point of Bad Batch, but where is that going now? Hmm. We know Omega's a clone. We know right. Alpha and Omega. Jango is the Alpha. She's the Omega. That's it. No more clones, especially because they're destroying Kamino. So, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, with Clone yeah. Wars, we knew it was building up to a definitive, as much as the Jedi are trying to do this thing, they can never win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They think they can, but we know as an audience, oh, they'll never win. If they say, oh, we can, we can capture Grievous and end this war, you're like, they can't, they ain't, they ain't going to do it. Right. It's interesting to watch them try, but you're like, you know they ain't going to do it. It's right. almost like you're the architect because mm-hmm. you know, i built this a very certain way so no matter what y'all try to do you can't like escape the puzzle you know what i mean like you're destined to only end it one way so with bad batch is almost like is this going to be a rogue one situation mm-hmm. we haven't seen them anywhere else in star wars especially because they just came up with them for clone wars but right. if they're running around supposedly coming into contact with uh different people who are in the rebellion i wouldn't be surprised if Saul Guerrero pops up in this truth be told mm. but it's also like uh, where does where do they go well i mean i right. we'll have more answers friday but it's like where do they go from here Camino's really destroyed, and they're just floating around you can't tell me we're just going to be going on random missions where they gotta uh do things that sid's telling them to do and uh just do it for money because they got to eat like i need a little bit more than that exactly i need a little bit more than that you get what i'm saying
1: yeah, I do. I definitely understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, time will tell. Of course, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they drop season two of Bad Batch this time next year. Mm-hmm. Or probably around May the 4th, if Filoni's already working on some of that stuff, truth be told. But uh, again, even to your point of animation, and sort of like to just bring things full circle as we sort of wind it up here, like even Marvel stepping into animation with What If. Yeah. And he already said What is getting a season two.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kinda excited to watch it. Uh uh I, I don't think I've really seen any Marvel animation. Really? Yeah. Not, not like that I'm thinking about. I've I i do not think I've ever really like enjoyed any Marvel animation.
0: Yeah. I know Disney not Disney. Uh, DC was always more so on that animated on the, side.
1: Exactly, like that's where yeah. that's where you watched your cartoons when it yeah, came. Yeah, that's to, like, where you
0: so watched your cartoons, like Superman animated series, Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman for sure. Just Everybody League, was watching. The Unlimited, Static Shock, like mm-hmm. DC reigns supreme in animation and still does. Right. Marvel sort of. Uh, I mean, DC had their hand in the live action stuff too with those uh Batman films back in the. Uh, the only
1: Batman film we recognize is Dark Knight. We don't recognize anything. You don't
0: else. recognize those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they are bringing uh um Michael Keaton's Batman back for the Flash,
1: and I'm okay with that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Nolan's okay. Batman is what I grew up with, though
1: I have to Nolan's... say, Nolan's Christopher
0: Nolan's yeah. Batman. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's what we all grew up with. That's the only yeah. Batman we recognize.
0: Yeah, that's Christian Bale's the only Batman we recognize. Yeah. But him and Affleck.
1: Uh, uh I'm not fucking with Affleck. Affleck, like he's Batman. too pretty for me. He's too pretty for me.
0: Not as not as uh, as Bruce Wayne, but as Batman though.
1: Yeah. hey bro, Bill just had that dark in him, bro. He just had like something about it. It was just like this nigga was made to be Batman, bro. He was
0: method, he was a method actor. Yeah. If you look back at it,
1: because he stayed in character a lot. He did. He did. I mean, but that he had to because he was going up against Heath Ledger, bro. Like, hey man, yeah. bro. <laughs> We don't yeah. even got well that's a whole nother that's a whole nother topic.
0: Bro. That's all. that's a whole nother podcast for another day. Thanks.
1: Thanks.
0: But uh but yeah, man, so sort of to wind things up, what's your uh and again sort of bring things full circle, what's your final thoughts on Black Widow, man?
1: Hey man, if you're trying to get into if you have not gotten to MCU yet and you think this is a way to get into MCU, <laughs> uh don't do it because you're gonna be totally disappointed. You're gonna be like, What the hell am I watching? Um if you're already into MCU and uh you wanna know more about Black Widow, uh and you think this movie's gonna do it, you're dead wrong. Uh the only reason why you should watch this movie is if you like watching niggas fight. That's it. Because the fighting scenes are Chef's Kiss perfect. Uh definitely a movie that you turn your brain off of. Um you don't don't ever think that this movie has anything to do with the MCU because it in my opinion it doesn't and it's 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 a waste of time.
0: Mm. I, I can't say I disagree with you. Uh, even Taskmaster was a letdown.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was like, I don't know what that was. And if you read the comics, you know the history of Taskmaster. And I was like, they completely changed the origin story. Mm-hmm. You literally could have put any villain in there. It didn't have to be Taskmaster now. But now you've got a Taskmaster that's just not, it's not connected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. said, it, it, as far as the MCU is concerned, this does nothing to elevate mm-hmm. all this does is when i watch infinity war i'm like oh that's that's the yulana jacket that had all the pockets that's literally the whole point of this film is just so i can look at infinity war now and be like because remember how well uh, if, if you watched it you know feige was like um uh this is going to make you look at the past different this is going to make you look at the future different i'm like this really didn't all it made me do is now watch infinity war and say oh she's cool she's wearing yulana's jacket that's it like it doesn't do anything else for me even the post credit scene it, all it did was just show us that she's going to show up in Hawkeye right other than that it did so I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the film it was a good thing like you said the fight scenes like were amazing like when Taskmaster kicked her off that bridge I was like yeah. sheesh <laughs> like y'all y'all going in on the action I like right. it all right but uh other than that point, the, and the family dynamic, I will say that was another highlight as well. Mm. Uh, but overall, I don't want to say it was disappointing, but it was disappointing for a Marvel movie. Right. I was like, I expected better because you guys have given better. This is not your usual, you know what I'm saying? And I can't remember mm. the last time I said that about a Marvel film besides Dark World, mm-hmm. which was almost, again, 10 years ago. So Black yeah. Widow just feels like a step back in time uh, no that we
1: shouldn't we should not have went back in time yeah, at all we
0: shouldn't have went back in time if we did show me budapest because that's that's at least what your audience wanted but for all that again i don't know if even the budapest story justifies a whole black widow movie right for all that you could have gave me a six episode miniseries on disney plus called budapest mm-hmm. and then i would have been like oh and then mm-hmm. that way too we can spend longer than just two hours in there so we can mm-hmm. actually see oh Hawkeye tasked to kill her. Hawkeye doesn't make the decision to kill her. Natasha mm-hmm. was killing all these people. Natasha decides to then defect to S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. says, okay, this is your mission. This is what you got to do in order to prove yourself. Then she right. goes and proves herself. You can build some kind of character arc in there. Put Nick Fury in there. That's another thing, too. If this was a Black Widow movie,
1: where the hell was Nick add Fury?
0: Sam Jackson in there is Nick Fury.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm that the whole was time almost
0: about time. to cry over this man's body in winter soldier yeah but you put no no not even a mention of fury
1: yeah
0: in in black widow but yeah like you said overall it's it's just disappointing for a marvel movie Mm -hmm. and it's a stain not only on their prestige but also on their box office success covid notwithstanding of course widow was the first marvel movie to drop during covid and we'll see Mm -hmm. how the other ones perform after but I have a feeling nothing's gonna really do big budget numbers like how Marvel used to do in a pre-COVID yep. era, until we hit Spider-Man.
1: And even Spider-Man's not.
0: Even Spider-Man's not because not even a part Sony of. you dropped a trailer for it yet?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's Sony. It's not even Disney. So can't Spider-Man. even say shit about Spider-Man because it's it, Disney's gonna have nothing to do with that.
0: Yeah, that's. Um, cool. I
1: think like the next film that we should be looking forward to is maybe a Doctor Strange What what's the next one he's going to be in it's uh, Like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness yeah that's probably like the next big thing anybody in the MCU should be hyped about because there's really in my opinion I don't think it's anything that's going to be hype worthy
0: yeah but you know because of the pandemic they pushed that movie back to March yeah. of next year
1: yeah, yeah so it's yeah. like right
0: now we've got Shang-Chi uh we've got Spider-Man coming out in December if that release hopefully hopefully, move, hopefully hopefully Delta variant notwithstanding Yeah. but even then we still have these TV shows to look forward to supposedly a Hawkeye and then a Miss Marvel series uh if that hasn't moved in and of itself mm-hmm. so we'll see what the rest of it holds but yeah overall Black Widow is just Smart again man. I enjoy it now, I, and I will say this is one thing. One last thing I'll add before we sort of uh, officially wrap it up. My friend Kivia, uh, who's also in our film Masters program, Kivia has never watched any Marvel movies. Okay. So after we helped her shoot her thesis film, we told her she has to start watching Marvel. But now she has the added benefit of watching Black Widow chronologically after she watches Civil War, not okay. having seen that Black Widow dies.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so okay. I told them,
0: I said, when she watches Black Widow,
1: Spoiler she' has, alert! You we just, need to just make sure that we
0: watch it with her, so we don't let her watch the post-credit scene.
1: Yeah, you just, you just, you just gave her a spoiler. Yeah, just where everybody does.
0: I mean, because nobody's told her that yet, because she's she's literally in the dark. So we were just like, Black Widow takes place chronologically after Civil War, so just watch it after that. And she was like, I'm watching it on Disney Plus, and they have it in the chronological order. And I'm like, Good, just don't watch the post-credit scene. Yeah, and fine, because it won't spoil anything for you. So. Mm-hmm. Uh when she even watches it, I'll be interested to get her reaction because she won't watch it with the lens of knowing that Natasha dies.
1: Yeah. But then it might I, be it might be it might it might feel differently. You feel what I'm saying? It might feel different. <laughs> to, but to uh, to, me, I just feel like well I, I feel like a low-key. I feel like a time variant. I feel like I'm <laughs> in the past. I don't want to be in the past no more. I'm ready for the so, future.
0: It has to be something like that. Like uh to that same point, right? I uh, watched the Creed movies, Creed 1 and Creed 2 last year around around that same Thanksgiving time. And I have heard of the Rocky movies, but I never watched them for whatever oh reason. Oh,
1: my God. All right. right.
0: Come on, bro. It's on my list. Don't it's on my sure. list. I got to watch it. I got to watch those Rocky movies, man. But that being said, right, Creed was my first introduction into that world. So I have the, call it a benefit or a deficit or whatever, but I have that unique experience of saying oh, I watched Creed as my intro into the Rocky Universe before I watch Rocky, you know what I mean. So it gives me like a whole different perspective that I never could have had had I actually watched Rocky first. Because then yeah, I man, like,
1: oh, oh, Rocky, coming. there's no, there's no feeling like watching this nigga Apollo Creed lose the fucking Rocky, bro. As a black, as an African American male, watching that, bro. There's no. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Oh, uh, you forget. good? Because
0: they said that in Creed that his dad got knocked out and didn't he die in the ring if i remember correct yes
1: bro he didn't, die, he didn't die to rocky he died to some he russian. died to
0: the other guy the russian guy yeah. who's uh who's um drakov
1: yeah he Dreykov died him, Dreykov. and rocky ended up well for all right so he you know, ended up kicking yeah. that guy's ass then exactly exactly in the olympics uh so yeah. so but watching a white man Whoop a black man's ass in the ring in the midst of Muhammad Ali's prime. It's like, Ooh. what the fuck? I never thought of it that way. Yeah, man. Like, and 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 that when that movie dropped, I'm pretty sure Muhammad Ali was in his prime. If not, uh, I know for sure. I there's no doubt in my mind, Mike Tyson was fucking killing shit. Man, I mean dogging motherfuckers, and they had the audacity. The audacity to put Rocky Balboa against a black man and whoop his ass. No, you're not telling me that. No way. No way. And so like there's sort of a like a love hate relationship with Creed because in my time, like watching it, I'm like, yeah, they're definitely going to have to make Rocky train this nigga Creed and all this other bullshit. But at the end of the day, bro. Apollo Creed should have whooped Rocky's ass. You think so? I know, bro. There's no doubt in my mind. Apollo I feel like Creed, if I go back
0: and watch those movies now, I'm going to watch it knowing what you said, and then I'm going to be like, why didn't this nigga win?
1: Yes, that's exactly what you're going to think. Cause Cause you're you're gonna be me like, that, it could have um, been a whole totally different story. Because you know, Apollo me, Creed would have never had fought, he never have fought the German, and he would have still been alive to help yeah, train uh, Michael it. Cause if you're telling me
0: Adonis Creed is the son of Apollo Creed, and
1: he's as badass
0: as Michael B. Jordan is, mm-hmm. how does father die in the ring?
1: Thank you to a fucking German, bro. Like to a rock
0: If he got his ass kicked and got his head knocked in the ring, I could understand that. But if, it,
1: what had happened was I, I think, didn't lose. I think he had like a bad concussion. Or it was like a bad. Head it was a injury. bad
0: headshot, I think, because yeah. I remember they showed it. It was like a bad headshot, and they were thinking he was going to get up, and he didn't get up.
1: And yeah, like, oh, like shit, he's, his nigga he head. Was, I mean, the the Russian dude was rocking him. I'm not gonna lie to you, but that's not how Apollo Creed fights. And so, I, like, I was mad, confused. Oh, bro.
0: so it's one of those things that they nerfed him for the story. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, for what, bro? It's Apollo Creed, bro. Like in my head, I'm thinking like Apollo Creed as Mike Tyson or a Ray Leonard or a or a, or a Muhammad out like I'm thinking of him as that type of standard of a boxer because the way African-Americans were doing it in boxing they were dominating you feel what I'm saying like they were killing shit literally and so like to watch this this white dude dominate one of my one of the, one of my key people uh key movie stars or key black people in film I was just like this is lame I don't want to watch the series anymore who was
0: the actor that portrayed Apollo Creed?
1: Um,
0: hold on. I want to say he was a um I'm of course it was Carl Weathers. Yep, Carl Weathers. Yeah, they did him dirty if that was Carl. I remember because I knew it was Carl Weathers, but because I'm so used to how Carl Weathers looks in Mandalorian, oh yeah, I was like, I could see it in my head, but I just couldn't put the two and two together. But now that mm. I'm seeing that that was Carl Weathers, I'm like they did my
1: boy dirty yep.
0: Yep. because I remember people asking him, you're going to come back. And he's like, I'm dead. Yep. It's like, oh, wait, I'm he not
1: gonna
0: is gonna going to yep, no, come like, back. And no.
1: what, what would have been a better story is if uh, this nigga Apollo trained Adonis and it just would have went, it would have it just been such a more impactful film because not only does this black dude, uh, have his father with him well i mean you, you can it's, it's, like i said it's a love-hate relationship because at the end of yep. the day adonis you feel know what i'm saying he grew up kind of rough you feel know what i'm saying and so yeah that's but of course,
0: course he was without without his father right yep. uh yeah. to sort of throw things to my own thesis film that we'll be shooting next month that thesis film touches on the relationship of african-american fathers and sons and mm-hmm. and how in entertainment and media even in great stories like Creed it's typically portrayed as the relationship between a black man and his son as one that was either contentious or the father's just no longer around because he fucked up somehow. Yep. And when you get to Creed, sure. Apollo might not necessarily have fucked up with his family. He just died in the ring, but it fucked his son
1: up. Exactly.
0: His son's like, I don't even want the Creed name. Domino effect. A domino effect. It's just it's crazy how that like that is actually portrayed in media that way in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, people just don't pick up on that. But yeah, that's a whole
1: that's a whole nother podcast too, bro. Like that's a that whole happens, man. that's a whole other thing you can get into, bro. Like we can talk hours and hours about for sure. Hours
0: and hours, yeah. But we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up though, because we've been talking for a good little minute here. So uh, definitely, you guys be on the lookout for more of these podcasts from me and uh, Stu. We're gonna definitely be giving you guys some quality content, doing these movie reviews, talking about. Things going on in the world of movie news from the perspective of two uh filmmakers that are in the industry now doing what we do, learning how to do it and do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh let's do where can people follow you on social media?
1: Yo, Sway Vision, bro, that's everything. Uh you want to follow me on TikTok at Sneakerhead PJ. Uh but yeah, everything else, Sway Vision, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Sway Vision, and then TikTok at Sneakerhead PJ.
0: Gotta be the sneakerhead, all the way. And then for me, you guys can find me at josh underscore bing underscore 99 on Instagram, typically where I'd be residing at, though I'm trying to branch off to other social medias at the moment, but we'll see how that goes. That's a whole nother journey for a whole nother time. And then you can find me on Twitter at josh bing 99 as well. So, like I said, we're going to wrap it up here. You guys stay tuned for more content. We definitely going to be dropping it uh, as we go along the way. So, you guys just stay tuned. We'll see you next time.
1: Peace.